0: We begin a new series called Filters, and uh, filters, if you're, if you're into social media, uh, filters you'll find on Instagram or even Facebook. If you post a, fi- a picture on Facebook, there are these filters that you can use that change the way the picture looks. Uh, it, it changes uh, the light and the lighting. It emphasizes certain uh, hues and colors and saturation uh, on one picture or, or, uh, or uh, diminishes those hues and colors and saturation. And, and you can do all these type of filters to make that picture look different. And that's one type of filter. A filter that we use, uh, uh, that I use often, is whenever I go fishing, I use sunglasses. And I need those sunglasses to filter out different, uh, uh, different uh, uh, spectrums of light so that I can see through the water. Uh, and see the fish that I will most certainly catch, um, and and just gaze into the depths of the water. Uh, if I'm out on the ocean, I have these uh, really really dark uh, sunglasses, polarized sunglasses to protect my gentle eyes. Uh, but but sunglasses have different. I have low light sunglasses, sunglasses for low light uh, that that enhances certain features uh, on the spectrum, uh, color spectrum, and and. Uh, um, UV rays and all that kind of stuff, but but the sunglasses are an important filter for us. Uh, for me, every day uh, I I have a filter that I appreciate greatly. It's a coffee filter. <laughs> you know, these coffee filters are important um, because it's it's this filter that that you take the coffee and you put it in the filter. And, and then the hot water runs through the filter, and, and all those wonderful heavenly coffee beans uh, uh, saturate that seep into that hot water as it drips down into the pot, and then you have a pot. Now, the good news about that is is the, the grounds, the coffee grounds, are, are they stay in the filter, and the good stuff is down in the pot it filters out this stuff now I've I've done it without a filter (laughs) I was in a hurry Uh, I've done it without a filter and let me just tell you if you've never if you've never drank coffee without a filter and coffee with a filter can I tell you coffee without a filter is far better No, no, no. Coffee with a filter is far better. Uh, It it is far better coffee. Uh, You don't have all those grounds all up in your your teeth and in your nose. Uh, But coffee filters, it it removes what you don't want and lets through what you do want. Right? And that's that's the way we're supposed to use filters. You're supposed to take out what is not supposed to be there and let in what is supposed to be there. Um, We use filters... When, when it comes to ourselves as well. We view ourselves using certain filters. And over the next several weeks, we're going to look at some of those faulty filters that we use uh, to see ourselves. And, and I, hope, I hope that when, when we look at these faulty filters, that you'll, number one, see how you've used them, but also that you'll recognize how crazy it is as a follower of Jesus to keep on using them. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that we grow in grace over the next several weeks, that we see these faulty filters, that we reject them, that we let the lies that we've held on to remain in the filter and all the truth of God to pour through the filter into our hearts so that we begin to see ourselves and see our circumstances and, and, and see others around us based on not the lie that we've used so often, but based upon the truth that God has given us. So we're going to be looking at these filters. Uh, today, we're going to look at the filter called forgiven. And this is a huge filter. This is the good filter. This is God's filter, okay? This isn't the lie. This is the truth. And we need the filter of God's forgiveness to uh, drape over our soul, to, to remove the stuff that shouldn't be there, and to let sink down into the depths of our soul the things that should be there. But in order to allow God's filter to... Uh, to, to take hold of our heart, we need to see what God's truth is, and we also need to see what the lie is that we've been believing. Okay, So in Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, our text today, we're looking at the truth versus the lie. We're going to filter out the lie, and we're going to take hold of the truth. And it's going to change, perhaps, the way you view yourself, others, In your circumstances. I pray that it does. All right. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26, Paul is going to great lengths to highlight God's filter. But before he gets to Romans chapter 3, verse 21, in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, all the way through chapter 3, verse 20, he's talking about the faulty filter. And the faulty filter is that you and I have to achieve some level of perfection in order to be pleasing to God. That's the faulty filter. The, the way Paul describes it in Romans 1, 2, and 3, it's called the law. And the law, and the way Paul applied the law before he met Jesus, the way uh, his, his, uh, uh, his, his companions applied the law the way the the Pharisees and most of the Jewish people applied the law um, was you had to follow the law with great precision to the nth degree and you couldn't blow it in even the smallest point. And if you did that perfectly for the rest of your life, then maybe you'll be pleasing to God. But if you blow it at any point, You're toast. And that led to all kinds of crazy in Paul's life. So much so, Paul got so crazy that he was ready to kill people who were preaching something different. But then, this wonderful truth got hold of Paul's life when he met Jesus on a road to Damascus. And as he began to learn what God's grace has done in his life, he gave up that faulty filter and embraced this one truth, that in Christ, I am fully forgiven and pleasing to God. In Christ Jesus, regardless of what you did, regardless of what you're doing, regardless of what you will do, When you, by faith in Christ, enter into friendship with God, in that moment, you are fully forgiven and perfectly pleasing to God. Now, that was totally different than what Paul had learned growing up. And I'm afraid to say that maybe, as we unpack this a little bit more, maybe it's foreign to the way you've lived your life. That in Christ, I am fully forgiven and perfectly pleasing to God. Now, I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I need psychology, psychologists to meet with me. I, I, I mean, I, I've got to have that in my life. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not giving you a self-esteem talk. I'm not trying to, to give you um, uh, some sort of self-help. Type approach to this. I'm just sharing with you what the gospel says. You see, the gospel itself is the filter that sets us on a trajectory of health and significance as we live each day. It's the gospel that changes who we are, and it should be changing how we see ourselves and how we see others even how we see our circumstances. The reason the reason we have this need for the gospel is because as so many of us, all of us, have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. That's Romans 3.23. And what that means is that we lived a portion of our life, if you're a follower of Christ, you lived a portion of your life separated from God, and you learned certain things Ideas, philosophies, during that time, that you have carried over into your life as a follower of Jesus. These ideas, as faulty as they are, are ingrained into who we are, because we lived a portion of our life separated from God. Now the good news is that because of Jesus, we're brought into friendship with God. But that means that the way we view ourselves, the way we view others, the way we view our circumstances has to change as well. And that takes time. That takes effort. That takes a work of God's grace through the Spirit of God changing us. So <clears throat> as we look at these faulty filters, I want to give you the big picture that we're going to look at over the next several weeks. And this big picture uh, is, is kind of a, a summary of the faulty filters that we're going to look at. And each week, we're going to look at some of the faulty filters, and then we're going to see how God's truth dismantles that faulty filter, and we need to put it aside. But all of these faulty filters, the way that we get love and the way that we find acceptance and the way that we um, get meaning and purpose in life, based upon these faulty filters, leads to disaster. It leads to a crazy in us. The longer we live based upon these faulty, fil- faulty filters, the more crazy we get in our life, even as followers of Jesus. Okay? Now, this big summary faulty formula that leads to faulty filters. Y'all getting tired of the faulty stuff? The faulty formula that leads to the faulty filters. Y'all have tried to do this four times. Uh, the faulty formula is this. What I do plus what others think about me or say about me equals my significance. In other words, I am valuable based upon what I do. And I am valuable based upon what others say or think about me. Now, you look at that for you and you say, well, of course, that makes sense. Well, yeah, that's right. No, it's wrong. It's a lie. It's a lie that so many of us have believed. And today, what we're going to do is we're going to tackle the first faulty filter, which is what I do. The faulty filter says, I am what I do. I am what I do. Now, Paul is addressing this, as I've said. He's dealing with the people that said, okay, I am righteous because I behave righteously. And that's what the law says. The law says, if you do all the stuff in the law, then somehow your doing leads to a being. You, you do this, therefore you are this. And that's a lie. In fact, if you look at verse 20, Romans chapter 3, verse 20, what Paul does, he's summarizing his argument to this point. And in verse 20, he says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Do you get that? He said, no matter how intricately you do the law, you will not be justified in God's sight. No matter how diligent you are in performing this law, achieving this goal, you will not be justified in his sight. Romans chapter 8, verse 8, Paul said it a little bit differently, a little simpler. He said, for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't. So when, when, when we tackle this faulty filter, we're saying uh, the, the filter says that, that my value, my significance is based upon what I do, how well I do it. How well you think I do it? For instance, I come up here and and uh, and, and and I speak every week and and uh, and and then and then on Mondays there is in the back of my head and deep in the recesses of my heart this this desire to know that I did well, not just did well but did so well that you think, boy, he's a good preacher. He did so well. Hey, boy, he is a smart cookie. He did so well. Oh, he is grand. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? It's... <laughs> See, my performance can lead me to believe that I am who I am based upon how well I do. Another example, I used this last week in some of the worship gatherings. If I uh, make an A, then I am an A student. But if I make a C, I am a C student. But that's not really the truth. See, I can make a C and still be an A student. You know what I'm saying? I can make an A and still be a C student. I just cheat real well. See what I'm saying? But, but when we buy this lie, I am what I do, my identity is tied with what I'm doing and how well I'm doing it. And that leads to all kinds of crazy in your life. You see, when you believe this faulty filter, you let this faulty filter direct your life, then, then you are a person, perhaps, who... Can stomach no failure? You can't make mistakes. A mistake is unacceptable in you or in the people around you. It's unacceptable in you because if you fail, it's not just failing, you now are a failure because you are what you do. And... You can't stand thinking of yourself as a failure or thinking other people think you're a failure because you failed. So you will go to great lengths to keep from failing or to keep others from knowing that you failed. When when you are what you do, if that's the filter by which you're living your life, then you're going to manipulate people around you to make sure that you succeed. You don't care about the people around you. You just want everybody to see how well you did. And you will manipulate people and groups of people just for your own ego. Because you are what you do. Do you know anybody that lies about other people? Painting them in colors of doom and gloom and bad. All the while they paint themselves with bright lights and butterflies. You know, the person that's always saying, well, he does this and that and the other thing. Whether it's true or not, that's really not the point. The point is, they're bad so you can see how good I am. You know people like that? If you don't, I'll give you some names. (laughs) Do you know people that are always pinpointing somebody else's failure? Always calling it out. Do you know somebody who won't even do the minimum requirement because they're afraid they're not going to do well enough? I'll give you an example. When when I was uh, when I was in college, I, it was my sophomore year, and again last last uh, week I told you I made a bad. Uh, had a bad semester. I had a bad several semesters uh, when I was in college. And, uh, and one of those semesters, I just stopped going to class. And, and I stopped going to class, and I would go fishing, and I'd go to work, and I'd go play golf, and I'd go see Edie. Uh, we were dating at the time. Uh, but I, I just stopped going to class. And the reason I stopped going to class is because I had, I had missed some of the assignments. And if I started going back to class, then I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to catch up. And, and I was afraid that the teacher might say ugly things about me, um, and, and, and I just didn't need all that, so I just stopped trying. That's the kind of crazy you get into when you are what you do. See, I would rather come home with a .87 GPA for that semester than face someone saying you are a failure. I could ignore it if nobody said it or saw it. Does that that make sense? It's crazy. But it's what we do. We we lead a crazy life. We, We want to protect ourselves from any point of failure. Because we've got to be perfect. Can I tell you, if, if you're the person that is always looking at someone else and evaluating them based upon what they do, then that's because you've got this problem. If you're evaluating somebody else based upon what they're doing, oh, that person is a terrible person because he did a terrible thing. Guys, that's not true. That person did a terrible thing. If you're the person that's always evaluating, always downgrading somebody else based upon what they do, then it's because you have a problem with this filter. You're you're buying this lie. You've embraced it. And it's a lie that will lead to disaster. It It will disrupt and dismantle your relationships. It will cause all kinds of crazy in your life. And we don't have to live this way. Now, look at verses 21 through 26. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, but now. and what, What's important about but now? Remember, in, in chapter 1, 2, and 3, he's talked about how you, you, he, he knows all these people, and he used to be a person that used to try to uh, be perfect because he was what he did. Now, verse 21, he says, but now. He's saying everything's changed, but now. whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance, God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time His righteousness, that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now, to break this down, I've I, 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 the filter that should define us is not based upon what we do, but it's based upon who we are in Christ. You see, the, the faulty filter says, I am what I do, but the gospel filter says, Jesus has given me his righteousness. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, the apostle Paul says that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to become sin on my behalf and on your behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. In Jesus, through faith in Jesus, I am made right with God, not based upon what I do, in spite of what I do. See, here has to be a revolutionary truth that will change our life, that I am right with God eternally. Not based upon how well I do. Not based upon whether I make an A plus or a C minus. I am made right with God without any works on my beh- of my own. I am made eternally right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has given me his righteousness. It is through the cross, the death of Jesus on a cross as payment price for my sin, that God then can justify me. When I, by faith, embrace Jesus, then God looks upon me and he acquits me of every crime, past, present, and future. It is not dependent upon what I do or how well I do or even how badly I do. I am fully forgiven forever. And nothing can change that. I, 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 just You just have to get this. Look, you are not significant because of what you do. You don't have value because of what you do. You are not finding value or meaning or purpose because of what you do. That's the lie. We have meaning, we have significance, we have value based upon who we are. I am a new creation, forgiven, accepted, loved, and fully pleasing to God through faith in Jesus Christ. Everything is changed. It's a game changer for us. It's a life changer for us. And those of us who have it in our crawl that we've got to stick the perfection ruler on everybody else, or we take the ledger of our lives and we open it up and we can't have any deficits in that ledger, let me tell you something. You are living a a deceitful life. You are holding on to a deceit that will destroy you. Let it go and live with your significance bound up in Jesus Christ. He is the one who is the payment price for our sins so that God can say to us, you are innocent. And friends, when God declares me innocent, there is nothing that can make me guilty again. Take hold of that. Because God's not basing my righteousness on my works. He's basing my righteousness on Jesus Christ. Paul says it's through faith in Christ that we are now made right with God. And if you indeed are a follower of Jesus and you have tasted his forgiving love and you have seen the the work of his grace that is covered over your sin through the blood of Jesus Christ, then today understand you right now, regardless of what you do tomorrow, regardless of how bad you were yesterday, you are fully forgiven and perfectly pleasing to God and you will be for the rest of eternity. Because of Jesus Christ. Jesus gives us his righteousness. And the result of that is now I am free from trying to gain significance by what I do. See, it's not how well I score on the test that, mean, that, that, that defines who I am. It's, it's, not, it, 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 it's not how well I communicate that defines who I am. It, it, it's it's not, it, it, it's not how little wrong I do that defines who I am, guys. I am who I am because Jesus has given me His righteousness. I am an accepted, loved, forgiven pleasing new creation in Christ Jesus. I've got a new heart. I've got a new life. I need a new way of looking and living so that I'm not living any longer based upon the lie that I am what I do. When I fail, I'm I'm not a failure. I just failed. I blew it. Today, I pray that a revolution takes place in your heart. That you no longer try to gain your value based upon what you do. That you're not searching for love and acceptance and purpose by what you do. But rather you allow the filter of God's grace and His forgiving love through Christ to pour into your soul and fill you up with all the love and acceptance and purpose you could ever need. See, we need some freedom from the chains of deceitful living. We need some freedom from the crazy that that deceitfulness leads us into. We need some freedom to live fully human lives as one who is forgiven and pleasing and accepted and loved a new creation in Christ Jesus. That being said, I want to close with this. What we do matters. Okay? What we do matters. If you listen to everything I've just said, I don't want you to leave here thinking, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Well, it does. It matters what we do. But think of it this way. No matter what I do, God is not going to love me any more or any less than he does right now. See, if one of my girls comes into our home and and they want to sit me down, and you pick out the worst sin you can think of. I mean, the, the one that you've got tallied at the top of the worst list. Whatever that worst sin is. By the way, you shouldn't tally them like that, but I, we do. Uh, whatever that number one sin is in your life that, that you look at, you say, I can't believe anybody do that. My daughter comes in and says, Daddy, I did that. That's my sin. Do you know that no matter what that sin is, my daughter will never be less my daughter than she is today. And I will love her just as much today as I do yesterday as I would even after learning of the greatest sin ever. I will accept her. I will love her. I will, I will, I will pour out myself to help her. Because that's what daddies do. And that's what the father does for us we we bring our sin even as followers of jesus we bring our sin before god and he says well you're no less my son you're no less my daughter than you were before you did it you are fully forgiven and perfectly pleasing to me no matter what you do but then think of it from our perspective see I think of it when I look at my dad. And I look at my dad and I think of his patience toward me. And I think of all the days that he suffered through my silliness. Uh, I, I think of the time where uh, Edie and I were dating and I'm, on the, uh, uh, I'm at her apartment and, and, and I'm having to come clean about my grades in college. And I'm sitting on the phone with my dad and I'm I'm bawling like a baby, and Edie is saying, I don't know about being with this guy. It just scares me. (laughs) She's just sitting there and and just comforting me, but but my dad had to listen to all that crazy that was part of my life because I was living by this filter. I am what I do, and yet my dad said, Okay, son, we'll get through it. I think of his patience toward me and his love toward me. I think of how he has poured wisdom into my life, and continues to pour wisdom into my life. I, I, I think of all the gifts of blessings that he has done for me. And because of my relationship with him, I want to bring a smile to his face. Now, as you look at your heavenly Father, who has given you life, who accepts you, who who has forgiven you and who, who is perfectly pleased by you, who has been patient with you and continues to be patient with you, who blesses you beyond measure. You look at God right now, and as you view Him, the just and the justifier of your life, because you are a follower of Jesus, don't you want to bring a smile to His face? See, what we do matters. It doesn't define who we are, but what we do needs to flow out of who we are. Today, my prayer for us is that we would demolish the deceit that is crippling our soul when we believe that I am what I do and that we would be free to live in the righteousness that Jesus has given us, fully forgiven and perfectly pleasing to God. And as we live in gratitude to him and in love for him, let's bring a smile to his face, even today.